podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Back is another episode of Touchline Fracas, the Mugga version. Uh, you got our regulars here today, Elijah and Sebi. How are you guys doing? All good, all good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It's just here, man. It's here. Yeah, you look excited for this episode. But it's not like we've got tons of content to talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not much content. But again, as 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 I've always said, uh, Jordan's here to, you know, put the team on the back. You know, my, uh, you know, Pippin, you know, Rodman, that man couldn't, couldn't turn up and that, whatever. So we've got... Tony, you know, your coach uh, here and, you know, but so we've got, we've got a supporting cast. We've got a supporting cast. Still. Supporting cast and that thing. So what, who's Jordan and who's Pippin? No, no, Jordan, uh, I'm Jordan. Mariah's <laughs> Pippin. Mariah's okay. Pippin. And Disu, and Disu is Rodman. Oh, mad thing. Right, Elijah. <laughs> hey, hey, man. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to talk too much, innit? Yeah, yeah man. Like, them man basketball. <laughs> we speak football in it, so <laughs> let's get let's get into it. Um, yeah, as I was saying, there's not too much that's been happening on the United front, which is probably going to make us uh, even madder than we are. But finally, some decent bit of business has been done. Um, United signing Donny Van der Beek, 23 year old CM from Ajax. Um, the most startling stat to me was that he's won the most pens in the Eredivisie since 2018. So you know what that means, that combo. Uh, with... I love to see it. <laughs> that combo with Fernandez. But um, Elijah, I hear you're our, our tactics man, our resident <laughs> tactics man. So I need you to give me that that on the low scouting report. 40 million. I mean, um, yeah, what's your view on that signing? Um, it's a decent sign. I, I think it's an alternative to Grealish, really. I think um, the Grealish price tag was just far too much and we decided to go for an alternative. And Van der Beek, even though he's not an exact alternative, um, he was he's a- able to play different types of roles in midfield, players of 10, the, the, the most advanced of a free box to box. He's he came, he came into the Ajax side initially as a DM. He would come on 
for their defensive midfielder that was starting back then. And then he changed into a role where he was the one that was jo joining the attacks from the midfield and making things happen in there. Um, he's able to get on the end of things. I think that's his biggest strength that when he makes runs into the box, he's able to finish, he's able to give, give a final pass, which um, just gives a good alternative off the bench or even if he's starting. Uh, if we're a goal down, he's able to break from midfield and cause some havoc because really and truly don't have many players that make runs into the box. Uh, even Bruno himself, he doesn't make that run a lot. So to have someone joining the attacks from midfield would be a good it would be a good trait to have, especially as Mark Marshall has a tendency to move out into the wide spaces and drop deeper. So having someone that can run past him to stretch the defence while he does that would be a good thing. Um, yeah, he, he looks tidy enough on the ball. He's got a good work rate. Um, the times I, I have seen him, I have been, I think it was the Spurs game where I first, the first look where I first saw him and I was impressed by him. He was, for me, he was the most standout player in the midfield, uh, more, more so than De Jong for me. So, I, I personally think it's a good sign and it's a good place to start. Um, I th I think we did need a signing quickly because we just couldn't go into we couldn't let things drag on as it has. And I think yeah, I am happy with them, but we just need to press on now. I hear that, um, Seb. Obviously, talent see talent in it. So Jordan. Um, <laughs> you being the MVP, is this an MVP kind of signing? I've seen, um, obviously, I think most people saw Van der Beek come through in that season. Um, they had last year in the Champions League when he was playing as a 10. I think this season he's been playing slightly deeper. Where do you see him fitting in at United? And um, yeah, do you think he's a, an A1 signing or do you think this is, it might be more rotation? Um, I, I see him... Definitely being more of a rotation piece. But then um, I feel like it just gives Oli a bit of tactical flexibility and also just a bit of, um, a bit of you know, freedom of, oh, I don't have to necessarily play um, Pogba or Bruno or if something's happening, I can change the formation and maybe put this player there and my black player there. Because, for example, when you're playing with uh, Matic, Pogba uh, and Bruno, the positions are set. Do you know what I mean? Like Matic isn't going to be further up the pitch, so you're, you're either you're just going to have to sub him out for like Fred or McTominay or whatever. However, you can make in-game changes with players that are a bit flexible. I.e., with 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 people like Van der Beek, as you said, he's been playing deeper this season. So you know, if for example he's making the runs past Martial, like Elijah saying, and then you know, it's a game that, that that's not needed or it's not working. Maybe you can drop him a bit deeper, you know, move the midfielder about a bit and, you know, try something another way. Also, again, I've seen Bruno Fernandes play for Portugal on the right-hand side. This is something that allows flexibility when you've got another midfielder of quality in the pitch. Even though Bruno's not the best on the right-hand side, he's played there. So, again, it, you know, allows you to be flexible. And in regards to, uh, to him being an A1, signing I don't think he's an A1 signing but he was necessary because you saw it like early on in the season we was playing midfields of Fred and Pereira that was the gutter that we was literally we was we was we was on the floor bro that was literally we was playing Fred and Pereira bro like like it, it was mad. It was so really? mad that when even McTom got injured, like people were slightly rattled because we're like, <laughs> fam, like we need midfielders. Like we just need exactly. people. We just need anybody. We need anybody in the team to come in the team and just help us. So, um, yeah, just having an, an extra body there is very, very important. And um, just being able to to rest players, be flexible, I feel like it's going to pay dividends. But again, we can't rest. We need another midfielder in there so I, so I can be totally confident um, because, again, we just have one rotation player. I'd, I'd need another one. 
and yeah, we just need an attacker and a defender. Like before, I was like, oh, we need five, six or whatever. But just give me, give me four, bro. Like mm-hmm. give me three at, at a bare minimum. Give me three players, even though it's not what I wanted. And Woodward does this to me every single year. Every single year, I say I want five, and because <laughs> I'm so rattled, when it gets to like the end of the season, I'm just like, ah, right, just give I me three. <laughs> he does every year. He does it to me every single year. Because we're so rattled that we're not getting the players, we just settle for anything. And then the next year we repeat the same thing. So, yeah, man. It's seeming like um, he's moving a bit. I've actually seen it four years. Elijah's team, four years in a row. Four years in a row. Because we're in a separate Man United chat, yeah? So we've been going through it, yeah? Four years in a row with like other Man United fans. So every single season, I'm like, yes, we need five players. When it gets to last time. day, I'm like, fam, just give me two. Give me, <laughs> give me anything. Anything, bro. Give me anything, oh. man. He's moving mean, isn't it? He's moving mean. He moves a bit like mm. Levi now. Do you know what I mean? He's trying to yeah. late in the day um, and, yeah, keeping us on the edge of our toes. It sounds like we need that all or nothing. Documentary for United. <laughs> Real <now>. talk, bro. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know I've noticed in the in the chats... There's a lot of Fernandez hate, and I'm here backing my boy Bruno Jeff <laughs> yeah. But I need to know what are you lot rating uh, Van der Beek higher than than Fernandez? Obviously, he seems a bit more of a safer player, and he's slightly different um, as you were speaking about Elijah. He, he, I think he's probably better off the ball, but perhaps yeah takes less risks on the ball. Um, would you would you say he's a better player than Fernandez, or your your family in the Fernandez camp here? And you know, once you make this call, we're, we're sticking for it for the whole. Yeah, season. yeah, of course, and that's why I'm 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 gonna be straight on the fence because I've not seen enough of. Van oh, we can't we can't do fence it. Nah, 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 nah. Fence Not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, we're going to be. I've not seen too too much of him, but from what I've seen, I do like the look of him. Better than Fernandez. I mean. The guy is annoying, but the fact of the matter is he, the moments of quality that he does produce, you don't get that very often from a lot of players. So that that in itself is quite special, but it's just for like the rest of the game, he's just one of the most frustrating players to watch. And it, it got worse as he got tired. So I'm hoping that that was just a stretch of games where he was tired and they were making bad decisions. Because if not, and if that, if, and if that type of form continues, then yeah, that guy might he yes, might yes. be right wing still and just pamming crook because I, I, I'm not having that. <laughs> Sebi, what, are you, what are you saying? Uh, I think Van der Beek's better because I just feel like he's just more assured. Um, he's more scored, keeps the ball better. Um, just in regards to like general play, I think that that's better. Um, and just offers a different goal-scoring threat where Bruno, um, he's just going to try those long shots, um, it's pieces, penalties, you know, you know the rest. Uh, don't get me wrong, Bruno obviously was tired uh, during the lockdown stretch, so I'm not really judging him on that. I just feel like Bruno's a good player, but I feel like what Van der Beek brings, especially in the box, I feel like it's much more needed and um, just being a different attacking threat, again, it, it, sometimes he plays like a second striker. Um, those things, are, I, I definitely rate that because, for example, if you're just playing Pogba and Van der Beek, you've got your creator in Pogba and you've got somebody else who's, you know, running off and trying to get the goals and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I'd go with Van der Beek. Now, interesting. And um, obviously, because we've got so little to talk about, I'm going to drag this topic on slightly more. Can you see a situation where all three of them might start in one match? Fernandez, um, Pogba and uh, Van der Beek in the centre of midfield or is that just... People? I feel like that's happening. I feel like... Because Oli's vibes, isn't it? Oli's just vibes. So Oli's <laughs> like, oh fam, these men are quality. You should be able to do it. So I feel like that's what Oli's going to do. Oli, you know, again, um, I've said this team in a good coach, like if you had a good coach and he had this team, I'd be really, really confident. But, um, and I wouldn't need to start all three. But because um, Oli isn't really a good coach, I feel like he's 
he, I feel like he can coach the strike as well. But I feel like in regards to like the whole team and stuff like that, I don't think he's a good coach and I don't think he can improve the rest of the players. I feel like he just wants to get as much quality on the pitch as possible. So if he's just getting the quality on the pitch, he's just like, fam, you guys are good enough. You've you got to create a chance and you've got to score. And um, yeah, I could definitely see us playing a free in midfield uh, with... Um, Van der Beek or, or a, a double pivot with Van der Beek and Pogba which is a bit mad but um, I can see Oli doing it um, but really and truly do you know what I want I want the midfield diamond um, mm. that's what I'm going for man I I am on that like if if we get like say like a Thiago or even if, even if we don't get a Thiago we'll just get like a workhorse that's that's like a DM like a, like a McTominay yeah who has to do minimal work but he's got a super engine, um, just, you know, holding down in front of the defence. And then you've got Pogba middle wing in his position. He loves that left middle wing. And you've got Bruno right middle wing, spamming, spamming crosses. Then you've got Van der Beek behind Marshall and Rashford. I'm all for that. But again, everybody says, you know, our fullbacks is a, it's an issue. And, you know, we're linked with a left back. But I feel like, um, again, it would just be a just vibes thing. You know what I mean? 4-4-2 four, four, and vibes, man. Big facts. Um, we said Fred can't do that job sweeping behind the uh, behind the, the attacking players. You see, Fred, yeah, Fred, Fred is good at interceptions. He's he's good at reading the space sometimes, but he's not good at it. Like uh, so, uh, it's weird. So he's good at reading the space and he's good at winning the ball, but he lacks a lot of other things, and he is all or nothing. So when he does go to read the ball. And sometimes he misses, we're fucked. So if he's the last person, do you know what I mean? And he's doing all or nothing and, you know, and he gets skipped past, then, you know, you're running onto Maguire. You know, we know about Maguire 1v1. We know that's long, isn't it? So, um, yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't trust Fred there. I'd, I'd trust someone like more physical or at least even if you get skipped past, like, even if you skip past McTominay, he's going to chase you back and whether he fouls you or not, he's got the physical ability to come and do that. Someone like Fred, once once you've gone past Fred, it's gone in it, really. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's it's a bit peak. Um, okay, so um, obviously you lot, I think you lot gave a points tally of seventy four a um, couple of weeks back on the pod for United this season. Do you think Van der Beek changes that? Um, and do you think with his signing alone, that current crop is of about what it's like twelve players in it? Um, are they currently good enough to finish fourth or even compete? It's going to be difficult, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not too sure. I, I think that point tally was kind of high, but I don't think Van der Beek changes to that much. Um, if he does go for, if he does try to play all three of them together, it'll be great to watch, but we'll be winning games 5-4 and losing games 3-0. So, at, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I, I all I think it does, it just means that we're able to bring off Bruno with more confidence if he's not playing well. Or like bring off Pogba with more confidence if if he's not playing well. Um, because that was what really killed us in the stretch going back where we kept where we were dropping points, where we found it difficult versus Copenhagen versus Sevilla. We weren't able to change games with our personnel and we weren't able to fall back on anything tactically. So Games just fell into a lull where nothing was really happening, and then either we got sucker punched or yeah, or just, there was just not much we really could do to change games. So um, I think bringing in Van der Beek is important, and I think that that's why bringing in a right winger is important as well. Because if we don't bring in a right right winger, the person who we're gonna be bring 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 off the bench to change games is Daniel James. So you know, I feel like if we have, if we get I can hear the sadness in your voice, man. Nah, <laughs> it, it's not right. Like it's, it's just not right that I have to watch Daniel James play for my football club to, to, to be honest. But, but yeah, don't get twisted though. DJ was mad at the match the other day. Come on, nah, yeah. he he done this thing last week. No, shall I tell you? Yeah, Daniel James is good coming off the left. He's not a right winger in that. Yeah, he's not a right winger number one in it. So, for example, 
as you said, if we get a right winger, at least we've got options there with Mason and the right winger, and then Rash and Daniel off the off the left. Um, I don't think he's as bad as he showed last season. I just feel like he's just a young player that needs needs more game time, and he's not a right winger because with a, with, with when he plays right wing, he has one idea: is he wants to do a kick and run thing, and then also on top of that, his final ball isn't the best. Um, when he's off the left, yeah, he likes to cut in and shoot. But for some reason, it's, when he's when he's with Wells, when he cuts in and shoots, he's actually putting in like a good shot. Mm. When he's with United, yeah, I thought he does some weird type of toe poke. Like yeah. I, I, I don't get it. It's proper proper weird. And I'm like, fam, like you're a pro footballer, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, but yeah, just in regards to the the, the point selling and stuff like that, um, I feel like seventy four, seventy six is um it's a, it's a it's a good points tally. But I feel like would. We we do well to get that because you've got teams like Everton strengthening, you know, Wolves have strengthened um, and 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 are going to get better. They've got a good coach. Spurs are obviously going to get better full season with Jose Mourinho now, um, and you know they've signed a, a few players. Um, you know you've got Leeds coming in. I spoke about this on the main pod yesterday, but you got Leeds coming in who are world coach side. Sheffield United world coach side. So there's a lot of teams that can take points away from you. Um, so to get something forward, we'd, we'd do really, really well. Um, I need to see more before I actually commit to a point, Sally, because I think it might have been them not that said uh, points. But yeah, I need to see way more in, in the transfer window before I say, yeah, cool, we get something for. If we get a right winger and another midfielder and a defender, I'd be confident of getting, you know, fourth, third. Do you know what I mean? Just depending on who these players are. But if we just go with Van der Beek, mate, it's going to be a scrap. Because again, if we're starting all three, we're one injury away <laughs> from Collapse. one of the youths on the bench, isn't it? So, and then again, United transfer, uh, United's uh, injury record hasn't been the best over the years. Like, so, you know, if you get two injuries, you're like, if you get two, if you get one injury in attack and you get one injury in fucking um, midfield, we're, we're fucked again. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, we, we, we have to definitely strengthen because our biggest issue last season was the bench. That was that was our biggest issue. And if we do not add to that, then, yeah, we could see teams like Everton, Wolves, Sheffield United. It's only lucky that we went to the last day with Sheffield United, Wolves and them. And Leicester, sorry. I even forgot about them. Forgot about Leicester. So, yeah, we need to... We definitely need to strengthen because we've got a coach that's just on our... Absting, and yeah, he he's more quality based rather than coaching and tactics and stuff like that. Yeah, big facts. You spoke a lot of sense there. I think, um, yeah, Elijah, I'm going to come to you because obviously we know we have a small squad. Um, we know we're probably not going to get the players we need as well, having done this <laughs> many years before. Um, we've got a couple youngsters in the academy um, that I was taking a look at. Obviously, we've got. Mengi there, Led, um, Medjbury and, and Ghana. Do you see any of them making a push for the first team this season? Because there are a couple of positions that those players are in where the, 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 the positions aren't really secured. Obviously, look at centre-back. Nobody's happy with Maguire except Solskjaer. Um, Luke Shaw is just, just average. Um, and then in the centre-mid as well, I know we've got, we've got numbers, um, but perhaps not as much creativity as we'd like. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think we've... Medjury, I think that's how you say, you say his name. Um, I think this season will be good if he's playing under 23 football more regularly because last season he was more under 18s. I think he's 17, 18 now. So if he's playing under 23 football at that age, I think that is a big enough push for him where he's playing above his level and he's playing against players that are much older than him. So I think, in terms, I don't think he's ready for the first team yet. And we have enough quality in that 
in that position where you don't need to rush him in that sense. And he's not that that a, a level of talent like a Greenwood where you're like he has to come to the first team. I think with Garner, I think he's going to go on loan. Um, I think he's going to turn 20 this year, if I'm correct, 20 or 21. Yeah, so, I think he, so. so I think he needs to go on loan to the championship, um, play regular football, play against men, and we'll see how he does down there. I think he'll be a late developer because he's quite wiry. And I think he does need to settle on a role. So because he's actually just so much better than a lot of the players that play under 23s, he's playing a box-to-box role, really, when really he's been told more as a deep-line playmaker. So if we'll see how he develops in that regard. Um, so I think he needs to definitely go and learn. I think Levitt is going to go and learn. He's been linked with Charlton today. So that would be all right, I think, if Charlton have survived that mess they were in. Um, Menji, I think he's too young. He's just breaking in. So I think same thing with Medri. If he's playing under 23 football, that'll be great. And then I think out of all of them, Laird is the one I, I think that has the potential to push into the first team. And that's just because Dallo, I think he's going to be moved on. If we do get a left back and these reggaeton links are true, then I even Williams going to right back, I'm not too enamoured enamoured with that because I think Laird has the potential to be really good offensively. I think he's because I remember the first time I saw him at, at at the Milk Cup, I was like, who is this kid? Because he was playing on the wrong side and he was tearing it up by himself. So um, yeah, I think Laird out of everyone. If we let Dalo go, and then um, we get. We get a left back. I think Laird might make a push as backup for Wambasaka and just even just a push for all stop because he's definitely better offensively than Wambasaka. I can tell you that for sure. Facts, big facts. Um, okay, so we're we're about what two weeks away from the first game of this season now. Um, it's getting a bit quiet on the Sancho front. Um, the 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 links people are putting into the group chats are seeing. Seem more and more less reliable. Yeah. It started off with some reputable journalists, and now we're at man with like forty followers giving us giving us updates. <laughs> um, is this deal happening or not? Where do we think this is going? And if we're not going to get Sancho because we desperately, desperately need a right winger, who do you think we should go in for? Because it seems like everyone's headstrong on Sancho, but I haven't seen many alternatives um, being listed. So the the last that I heard um, from one of my sources was that um, the central deal was dead, and Man United are going to try go for uh, Saar uh, from Watford, mm. um, who I feel like is a a good signing. Um, and again, I've said to the lads like before, I'm not too hot on central. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like he's a very very good player. Um, it's just for the money. It's the money that annoys me because. It's like knowing how we do transfers, it will be Sancho and that's it. That Knowing how we do transfers, that's what it will be. It will be Sancho and Van der Beek and that's us. And because the, because the signing will be so big, everybody just forget about the problems we, we, we have. Again, it's what Woodward has been doing to us for the last four years. Yeah, The signing will be so big, everybody will forget. Yeah, he done it with Pogba, done it with Kaku, done it with Maguire. This year, he will try to do it with Sancho. I'm not falling for it. So for me, I want two attackers in it. I want somebody who can be backup um, striker, who can challenge Martial for the striking position. So whether that be Cavani, who's available on a free. Also, I know he wants mad wages, but if he's available on a free, I think it's worth it. I feel like he's somebody that's going to, he can teach Martial a, a thing or two. And if he comes on, he's got a crazy injury record. That's why I'd say he's a sub. But if he comes on, you know the quality is going to be there. A raw movement from Cavani. Um, and then somebody coming on the right wing, i.e. somebody like Saar. So from there, you've got a, I don't know, Saar's been uh, touted to be 40 million, 35 million or whatever. And then you get a free transfer. For me, that's what I want to see. And then 
um, obviously other areas. So it just looks like for now that the deal is dead, but the deal has always been in Man United's court and it's always been Man United pay this or shut up and United are like, fam, we don't want to pay this. And even if we do want to pay this, we don't want to pay a certain amount up front. And that's another sticking point about how the deal is structured. So they don't want to pay a certain amount up front. But if United come on a, the, a day before uh, transfer, uh, the transfer deadline and say, all right, cool, fuck it, we'll give you 120, then Sancho will be ours. Hey, Elijah, what are you saying? Are you buying um, Sebi sources? Are they reputable? I haven't been I mean, here long enough to verify. I mean, Sebi sources, they're hit and miss, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> with um, Sancho, I think it's I, I I understand what people say with it, but I feel like it's just a big opportunity where you can't miss out on a talent like that. And I understand where people have said about as a right winger, they don't the lack of ability to explode past his man or get past his man. It's it is concerning. And I've always said with Sancho that I would, I've I've always would have preferred him as a ten, but I feel like with him, like he he's just something that we miss in our attack. So those little passes and just being able to keep possession, the good dribbling tight spaces, like we don't have. I like even Martial does it did it on the wing, but not to the level of Sancho and his decision making in those positions where. You need to feed feed a pass, or you need to feed the right player pass. Elite, it's just elite in space. If you've got in space, if he has the ball and need need someone, to, he needs someone to make a killer pass. Sancho, I can trust him. So, but at, so like for the England game where it's very tight and stuff like that, and loads of men behind ball and there's players doubling up up on him, and it's very hard for him to manoeuvre space to. Getting across or getting a pass, he will look. He he won't look impressive, which is understandable. But I feel like with me, I feel like we just miss his type of player so much that I'm willing to bite the bullet for for the fee. And he's 20 years old. If he stays for a long time, who knows? But if he doesn't, then we're gonna make a profit off the fee because it's only Real Madrid or Barcelona who's gonna be able to take him from us. So, um, yeah, personally, me, I was still going for Sancho, but we need to stru- structure the deal right. And I also feel like if we go in and pay the Sancho fee, then the other negotiations we have this summer, they're going to be like, right, you've paid this fee, you have, you have, you have this amount of money, like, fam, just pay, just, just pay our asking for us and that's it. So I feel like United are doing a bit of posturing just to see what deals they can get done in the meantime, and then by the end of summer, we'll see how much money we have left and if we're able to get Sancho done. Yeah, facts. Um, I think, Sebi, you made a good point there with um, with Saar. I think he'd be available and at a reasonable price as well. Um, with Sancho, obviously, at that kind of price, he has to come in and perform from day one and the pressure <laughs> will be on him. And the thing do, is... Do you know what's mad? With Sancho, because of me... I never look at the price like I think you have to do this, do that. But I realised that with with the with the amount of money we spent, the pressure that's going to be on him is going to be crazy. So when I'm thinking about it from everyone, with everyone else, I, I understand why people don't want to spend that money on him because you've seen it with players that, like we've seen it with Pogba coming from Juventus, 23 years old, big money. The, even him, he's succumbed to the pressure somewhat. And then we saw what happened with Lukaku. He he didn't want to know. Like he he was so happy to get out of there because because he was he was saying from his first game, I scored against Real Madrid, but because I missed one day, were they were complaining? I'm like, bro, you're at a, you're at a, a big club. If you miss if if you miss a chance, I mean, lose a game, they're gonna be on your head. And boy, so it's 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 gonna be tough for Sanchez. So if he does come in. And I feel like people aren't going to expect the type of player he is. Like They're going to expect him to be a quick, tricky winger, not the type of player he is. So I do think it'll be a tough transition, but I'm just willing to do it because he's quality, man. 
Yeah, I think I think for me, I'd I'd rather us spread that money out one one right winger in Saar or somebody else. Um, but I think Saar seems about the right profile, and then another centre back. I think that might do us more good than trying to secure one one hundred and twenty mil player who there'll be hella pressure on. Um, but yeah, we were talking about um, Luke Shaw, or I was talking about him being. <laughs> distinctly average um, and obviously our wingers are not the most attacking of players. We've been linked with um, reggaeton as you lot have been calling him. <laughs> no respect for my man uh, <laughs> and Alex Tellez. Um, do you see any of these deals going through and how badly do we need them? Fam, I've been hating Shaw for like four years. I think I might have been the first United fan to hate Shaw. <laughs> like I hate, I think he's so rubbish um, I feel like he's been help holding us back for years. Um, I, like, when the game was changing, I called it. I was saying, listen, fullbacks aren't, aren't dead, dead new wingers. Yeah. I've been, I was saying it for ages. I was like, listen, we need better fullbacks. Like, even before Wan-Bissaka came, I didn't want him. But then when it was coming, I just thought, fuck it. Let me jump on the hype train. Uh, the news coming out of that. Cool. Let's have it. <laughs> that's what Woodward does to you. <laughs> listen, that's what he does to me. Like, I was like, listen, I need an attacking fullback in it. But when we bought Wan-Bissaka, because he's so good defensively, I was like, oh, you know what, fuck it. I'll take it. Like, again, that's what Woodward does. But, like, now we're linked with two good attacking left-backs, yeah. There's no way we can go into the season with Luke Shaw. It makes no sense. I feel like the sticking point with reggaeton is, I feel like Madrid won, actually, well, it's been reported that Madrid won a buyback. United don't put buyback clauses in their contracts. Like, we're a big team. You can't just come and buy your player back. Once it's ours, it's ours, isn't it? <laughs> so I feel like that's, that's the, probably the biggest issue with that deal. If it doesn't get done, it'll be because of that. And that's understandable. Like I could probably forgive Woodward for that. Because if both teams are being if both teams are being uh, firm in the fact that, yeah, I want to buy back and United, I respect us saying no, we don't put in a buyback clause. I respect that. But then you've got um Alex Tillers that's available, or maybe I don't know, it might be, again, it might be Portuguese media just trying to uh, use our name or he, he needs a new deal or whatever. But regardless, I just need a left back. Anybody. Just, I'll take anybody. Um, I think with left back, it's just so important that we get one that is that has intensity and can is good in the final third. Because with, with Wawambasaka, I feel like we're not going to invest in right back for a while. So I feel like if we are if we are going to keep Wambasaka, we need uh basically we basically need a winger at left back because Rashford's going to tuck in, and I don't want to see Wambasaka go past the halfway line because I just don't want to see that guy doing anything in the final third. So it's I mean sure to be honest like I gave him I gave him a chance and it's just he's just. Yeah, he's he's not good. He's not good enough. Like defensively, he's okay. In possession, he's in. He's okay. The one bright thing about him is that he can pass really well. But even that, he he's just so he he doesn't even do it quickly. So he's just very laboured with it. And then in the final third, he's perfect. He can't cross. He's at, he generally he he's the weird thing about Shaw is that he's never been able to cross. Even at Southampton, he couldn't cross. The way Pochettino used him is that he would basically make him play through balls into Lalana into that hole because he just can't cross. Like he genuinely cannot cross to save, save his life. And it's what he's about to turn. I think he's just turned twenty-five. I think um, he can't get over these injuries, and he's yeah, at best a backup. And then once his deal's about to run down, we can shot him, and then he. Or just close a disappointing career because he's just a, he's just been a big disappointment, and it's not just because of the big injury he suffered. He's just you can tell that he gets comfortable very easily when when his um starting place is on the line. He will turn up for a few weeks, and then people will start saying, "Yeah, this guy's good." That's what happened when his contract's about to run down, and that's what happened when um Brandon Williams came came to the team. He saw a threat. And he started playing well again. He got he gets comfortable, and it's like what. Well.
The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Labored and not really care. So that yeah, that guy has run our chance for me. Um, and I just don't want to see him starting. And we just need something better in the final third on that left-hand side, especially. But I worry if we don't sign a centre-back because that means Maguire's going to be left alone a lot. So that's just another problem. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with Luke Shaw, obviously, when we signed him 30 mil, everyone thought he was going to be um, going to be a club legend. And it just it just has not worked out whatsoever. Um, all right, cool. So that seems like it's about it with transfer news. Obviously, um, it seems like, uh, what's his name? Woodward is planting stories first with Maguire in, in Mykonos and now with Greenwood just to get their attention off his back. With the, mm. <laughs> with the transfer news. Um, yeah, it seems like Greenwood's been doing party party a bit too much. Um, if you lot were Solskjaer, what would you be telling Greenwood when he reports back for training? Don't, don't get caught. Yeah, <laughs> but one, don't get caught, but it's a quick telling off. You've got to think about it, yeah. Greenwood is 18. Like, he's a kid, isn't it? Like, so, again, there's a responsibility that everybody puts on footballers and he just has to understand that um, you have to be careful with these things because yeah like fair enough like oh like you're young or whatever but one you're in the middle of a pandemic yeah so how they'll pose it is how you put everybody at risk that's the first thing they'll start saying you put everybody at risk so now it becomes more serious than it really actually is they're like, oh, like you could have done this you could have done that you could have done this and that's what everybody's going to be telling him and he's got to he's got to learn from this and it's, it's it's good that you know these things come now because um there's there's a there's um there's always a tendency sometimes when a player is uh touted to be you know uh the next best thing they slip and they become complacent and they're not locked in to to their football. Do you know what I mean? And um, when they're not locked in, um, you know, the, the, the career can maybe tail off or they may not live up to the hype. We've seen better players than Greenwood come and go or more talented players than Greenwood come and go. For me, Ravel was more talented than Greenwood. We saw him barely get a chance and you see right now he's trying to find a club or whatever so uh, you know we've seen things like this happen before so it's just more so a, a, a good lesson let's let's nip it in the bud you made a mistake um, apologize for your mistake and just make sure it doesn't happen again and if you eventually end up losing your England place next year it's going to be the biggest lesson you've ever learned because um, you could have easily went to the World Cup so for hit for me it's on to go into next season and have the best performance of his well obviously it's going to be the best performance of his career because he's pretty young but have a blinding performance where he has to go regardless of anything he has to go um to the tournament and and that'll that'll be on him that'll be on him so maybe he might have put like a, a battery in his back after he gets scolded yeah facts anything to add elijah i think we've Greenwood. Um, the only the only real problem is, is that he was breaking social di- distancing rules and quarantine rules. So we've seen we've seen this happen before with other players, and it's been a scandal. But it's not been something where they've like, been dropped out of school or something. It's just it's the fact that he actually broke quarantine rules, and which is very it's actually dangerous because there's a pandemic there's a pandemic going on. It's actually um, quite risky, but he's what 18, 19. 
yeah, man, he, he's going to make mistakes. Um, to be fair, if there's anyone in the England team that you'd want making those mistakes, it was probably the young boys, because well, those young boys, because they're so talented. I feel like they're just going to say that they're just going to give them a telling off, drop them from the next squad. But they're so talented, they're going to work their way, way back in. So it, it it is a good lesson. Um, but I feel like um, I f- I'm not sure if there are, there are any other United players on duty with him. I think Rashford's not there. Maguire's not there. Lingard's not there. I, one second was there, so I feel like the fact he was there alone, and there was no United players with him. I think that might contribute contributed as well. That there was no one there just to like say, "Nah, you can't do that. You can't do that right now." Um, but yeah, it's, it it's annoying because I feel like United have tried really hard to protect him from himself, and um, the what the what the one time he goes onto duty and this and he has to be responsible, he fucked it up. So. It's just a lesson for him to learn, really. Yeah. Oh, and, and also, sorry, and also I'll, I'll say a big key, I'd say a key reason why that's probably happened is because there was no United players there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If there's Rashford there, Maguire there or whatever, that don't happen. Uh, he's, he's, not doing... he's not doing it. And and, and that that's one thing that um, maybe, like in hindsight, um, like people will look at that, you know, Again, he's still young, but if he has a senior Man United player there, he's not doing that. Or even if he like, like, yeah, he's he, he's getting pulled up. Do you know what I mean? Like, or he's sharing a room with Rash or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say where that's just not gonna happen. So um, yeah, that's um, that's important to note. Yeah, that's a, that's a good bit of insight there. Because um, it seems like, judging from what I've seen, I can't speculate, but it seems like he's he's the kind of guy who goes along with the bad kid and folding. <laughs> Foden might have been the one engineering the thing, and he needed a, li- a little wingman. Um, Foden, that guy, that guy still gets slit. <laughs> that guy, that, that guy's not on good news. <laughs> uh, cool. Right, I'm gonna move to some listeners' questions. Um, the first one, um, topical because we're on England, but maybe this should have been one for the main, the main pod. But we'll answer it anyway. Um, would it be a shock if England don't win anything with this current crop of players? No nah, man, the the level of teams out there is phenomenal. Like the front, the French team is fucking mad. The Belgian team is mad. The Holland team is mad. The Italy team is mad. The There's Portuguese. so the Portuguese team is mad. There's so many sick teams out there. Like it's not like if the German the German team is fucking unreal. The Brazilian team is unreal. So for me, there's so many good teams out there. It's going to be difficult to win a World Cup or a Euros um, uh, uh, right now. You'd have to have a favorable favorable draw like England had in in the last World Cup, and also not bottle it. So they had a chance to get to the final, and then once you get to the final, that's just a do you know what I mean? It's just a it's a vibes thing. Do you know what I mean? Once you get to the final, they need to get a favorable draw, and um, just be a bit more confident um, in, in their ability because there's a lot of players with ability there. But um, yeah, we, we, we lacked when it came to uh, last time out. So, yeah, doubt we could win something. Um, and it wouldn't be a knock if we didn't because the calibre of teams out there right now is, is, is unreal. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you with France. The other teams, I'm not so convinced about. I think Italy, obviously, they've been, they've, they've had a bit of a resurgence tactically. Um, they've always been good, but I think the other teams, Holland, um, Holland, Portugal, Germany, probably in and around the same level as England for me. But they probably have a bit more international news. Um, Elijah, what do you think? I think the Portuguese talent that's coming through is crazy. Mm. Uh, Felix, there's that Fabio Silva that moved to um, Wolves recently. Like even their failed talents, like Andre Silva as well. Like he could potentially have another come up because he he has a bit of potential, but he doesn't seem to put it together. But like there's still Bruno there, there's still Bernardo Silva, there's Neves. Like they've got they've got talent there. There's, Ronaldo. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> 
I'm not sure if he's going to make it to the next World Cup. He'll be there by force. 100%. No, he'll be there by force, but I'm, I'm saying he might be on the bench and then he just comes on the last 15 minutes or something. If Ronaldo's no. in that squad, he is starting a mutant. <laughs> That's a fact. That guy's so selfish, man. He makes me sick. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the Portuguese talent there is actually crazy. Um, I think Holland, I think it's, I think the talent there is good, but I'm not saying I don't think it's the, the level of England per se. France is clear, like France is clear. It's 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 ridiculous what France have right now. Germany, I'm I'm not too sure about personally. Um, other than Havertz, um, Kimmich, uh, Sane, uh, Sane, yes. But for some reason, for for, for Germany, he doesn't seem to. He doesn't bang, does he? Doesn't seem to do much. Werner. I'm not too sure about personally, but we'll see with him. Yeah, I mean, I think talent-wise, I think England are probably like at least top four in the world because from time like, I mean, it doesn't make sense that they're able to leave out Greedish, but like from time you have you're having to make decisions where you're leaving out Greedish, and then you have Madison, you have Foden, Sancho. There's Cho who can't even get in, and like, yeah. It's the talent there is crazy, so I feel like potentially yeah, England could, but at the top top level, the managers the manager matters and Southgate isn't it unfortunately. So I hear that. Um, all right, cool. Um, to what extent do you think any of our new signings that we may or may not potentially make a link to us selling some of the current crop? Um, so obviously, I think everyone wants. Pereira out, I think that's a fact. Um, we've got like something like eight centre backs, which is crazy. Um, so we've got what Rojo, um, Smalling, Jones, um, and even Bai. Um, people kind of want out as well, all on high wages. Um, how easy is it going to be to ship any of these players? I think Smalling was looking like a, a guarantee, but even he's, I think he's come back to first team training. And then obviously there's Lingard as well. So there's a lot of deadwood in our squad are we relying on selling some of that in order to bring players in um yeah we i think we are i, I feel like that's important i feel like there's a lot of where wages there if we clear smalling rojo jones lindgard that's half a million a week at least off the wage bill um then you have guys like dallo that can bring in funds Pereira, get him out. He can still bring in funds because on the continent, he might do all right. Um, I think between Bai and Juan Zezebe, I think, I think, I think they will stay, but there's doubts about them because the injuries, it's, it's not good. But I think with Juan Zebe, it's been a war one season. So I feel like he has, has a bit more grace with Bai. Um, I think it's just last chance to lean for him. So, if he does do it this season, he'll be out by by next season. Um, but I do feel like we do need to sell because our problem is I, I think that's I think that's a big problem, and I think that's the reason why we were so reluctant to spend by the end of Mourinho's time as well because we had a lot of these players that were brought in in a recent time period, and we Mourinho was saying we need to get rid of we need to get rid of them. They're on big wages. The only way to get rid of them is either we supplement the wages when they go to the new club or they have to take a pay, pay cut. They're not going to take a pay cut. So, and then getting rid of them and then supplementing their wages, it will just cut into the fee that we, we receive for them. So it doesn't make much financial sense. So it's just, yeah, but we need to get rid of them. Like, But I mean, it's, it's, it's been really poor business by signing up Jones to a big, contract when when Solskjaer first came in so he's got another three years plus option of a fourth left which is just ridiculous I'm not sure how he finagled that um like Rojo needs to go Smalling needs to go he still has another three years left like it's just important for these people to go because they're just they're just eating into our wage bill and that's just the biggest that's the biggest um contributor to our expensive so if we're able to get a load of that off and then we're able to use it wisely 
then it's all good because if you're able to use that wisely and you're able to bring down the wage bill so if we get all of them gone and then maybe next season the De Gea's cast off once we've realised that the guy's done we might be able to bring some normality to our wage pool. So here, here's hoping anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sebi, anything to add there? Um, yeah, no, just to obviously um, add on to what Elijah just saying. Um, yeah, we've got bare centre-backs, so at least two of them have to go. Um, feel like, so we was linked with selling... Um, Romero uh, to Villa but having like Twinzebi as an add-on I don't know why we ain't looking to to do a deal with Romero Twinzebi for Grealish do you know what I mean and some money for Grealish because they really loved Twinzebi when it was at Aston Villa like they actually wanted to keep him but United um, wanted to actually bring him through and then obviously he was unlucky with uh, the injuries. So again, I, I I actually think Axel's really really good. I just I, I I'm I'm done with um, investing in these players, bro. Like I need success. I need us to win something. So <laughs> if he's if he has to make way for us to bring in quality players, I'm I'm all on that. And even like Bayi, like Bayi again, everybody knows what Bayi brings on his day. However, his day is you know. Like we rarely like see, yeah, bruv. We rarely, rarely see his day. So, if we've got to sell, um, you know, four centre backs and bring in another centre back and a left back, I'm happy with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we sell, I don't know, if we sell Tunzebi, Jones, Smalling, and Rojo, I'm I'm happy with that. Or we sell by, um, you know, Jones, Smalling, Rojo, I'm happy with that. I just again need these players off the off the off the wage book, and even if we have to, you know, take a less fee, uh, a lesser fee to to do that, I'm, I'm I'm on that. We just kind of need them gone, so we can again start um, structuring and, and planning. I feel like those deals were signed because um, Woodward thinks it's better to keep players instead of replace them. He thinks it's more expensive, so. He'd sign them just ah oh, yeah, just in case, in it like they could come good. So I would, I'd rather give you like another hundred k a week, um, than buy somebody for forty million, um, and that's like the issue. That's one of the biggest issues we've had. And Oli's only, only like Oli, everybody knows without Oli saying the players he wants gone. Everybody knows because he doesn't play them. Even when we were struggling during lockdown, he'd rather everybody run on ten percent then bring players on the field. So it's evident to see that he knows everybody on the bench is rubbish, yeah? So the only reason why these players are still here is because Woodward uh, and the, the club just don't want to invest to replace them. And that's it, and simply. Facts, facts. Well, I think in terms of the other listeners' questions, we kind of answered them. As we've gone on through the course of the pod, I'm amazed that we've made it an hour um, so that's an <laughs> achievement in itself um, guys it's been a pleasure the only final thing I have to say is I'm coming like Jerry Krause this season to break up this Rodman <laughs> and Pippin combination we're going to tear it up from the front we'll tear it up yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but guys it's been a pleasure we'll be back next week thanks for listening guys like share subscribe all of that share as well Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U.
This episode has been provided by Ratio Keto Friendly Crunchy Bars. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Delicious and convenient, both their toasted almond and lemon almond flavors have two grams of net carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein, all in a satisfying crunch. Interested? Ratio Keto Friendly Bars are now available in the granola bar aisle at Walmart. Sports Social Podcast Network.